Our passage today is from Exodus chapter 14, beginning from verse 1 to 31. On the far left, you see a two directional sign. One which says problems, another solution. Uh, what type of person are you? Are you more concerned about the problems? Or are you the guy who always focus on the solution? One suggested on the far right, focus 90% of your time on solutions and only 10% of your time on problems. But today, I like to propose that we focus not on problems, but on God who solves them. Let's come to the Lord in prayer again. Our God, we pray that you will speak to us this very moment. And for those who are having specific concerns or problems today, we pray the word will be a blessing to them. Spirit of the living God, hover, move in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. After Israel went out of Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Pihahiroth, between Migdol and the sea. You shall come in front of Baal Zephon, opposite by the sea. By the way, today, where that sea is, is debatable. There are two possibilities. One is the Gulf of Aqaba, and the other one is now what we call Red Sea. So God told them to camp by the sea. And then later we learned that the king of Egypt heard the people fled, and their hearts changed. And they said, what is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So medyo nagising sila ng konti. So Pharaoh decided to organize 600 select chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And then the Egyptians decided to run after the Israelites. So can you imagine, they are already at the end of their land journey. In front of them was the sea. And then behind them were the Egyptians. So we read in verse 10, as Pharaoh was drawing near, the sons of Israel looked, that will be our keyword this afternoon, looked and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they became very frightened. So they cried out to the Lord. Became very frightened. When we are confronted by problems, especially if the problems are quite serious, we get frightened. And that's the normal human response. But what will determine whether it will be right or wrong is what do you do when you are frightened? When you're scared, what do you do next? In Exodus 14.11, the people went to Moses and they were complaining. 
Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Ito na nga ba yung sinasabi namin sa iyo? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. You know, some people, when they're scared, when they're confronted by big problems, they, they are regretting about the decisions they have made. So, hindi lang si Pharaoh and the Egyptians ang nagre-regret. Now, even the Israelites were regretting. You know, the tendency when we have problems is we solve them by another problem. And we complicate our lives. So, they went out of Egypt. Now, they want to go back and become slaves again of the Egyptians. And they were saying, it's better to be slaves of Egyptians than to die in this wilderness. And some Christians are saying, it's better that, better that we were not born again. We can do what we like without any guilt. Now that we are born again, we cannot do things that you like, things that you love. So there are times that we are regretting. But look at that dialogue, 11 to 12. What do you notice? What do you notice? There is no God in the picture. They were questioning Moses, but they were not involving God in any way. What they were thinking was like the problem-solving loop. Well, you can find this in the internet. You know, this problem-solving loop is saying the stage one of solving a problem is to identify the problem. So the, the wife will say, my problem is my husband. And then number two, explore information and create ideas. Why is my husband my problem? Because my husband is lazy. My husband is not affectionate. And my husband doesn't care. And then create ideas. What if I pursue, explore about having another husband? Ha! Ah, that's a big idea. That's a good idea. Kaya lang, mahal. It will cost me 300,000 to 500,000 to file for annulment. Ah, that's not a good idea. What's the other? Ah, mag-extramarital affair na lang. Mas mura. Subukin ko kaya, number four. And then number five, evaluate the result. And then identify again the problem. Again, like the Israelites, it sounds very rational, but God is not in the loop. So what, in front of the Israelites was the sea. Behind them was the Egyptian army. So they were questioning Moses about the decision they made to get out of Egypt. So their conclusion, let us go back and serve the Egyptians. So that's the process 
the way they think. What about Moses? Do you think Moses will agree? Do you think Moses will say, okay, let's go back? Providentially, Moses did not listen. Why? When we are confronted by problems, there are two extremes. Extreme number one is popularized by Rodolfo Kison, a.k.a. Dolphy, and uh, Freddy Aguilar. <laughs> Laugh at your problem. Why? Everybody else does. And the other extreme is, uh, I heard this from uh, Elder Toiditz, it's called analysis paralysis. And what is that? The condition of being unable to make decision due to the availability of too much information which must be processed in order for the decision to be made. Now, it's good there is a simpler uh, description of analysis paralysis. It means overanalyzing a situation so that a decision or action is never taken. Liligawan ko kaya siya? Siguro hindi. Pero maganda naman siya, mabait naman siya, matalino siya. Pero baka magka-problema kami. Yun na minsan, dalawang puntaon mo nang ginagawa yun, wala ka pang desisyong nagagawa. No? Ano elder toides? Tawag dyan, analysis paralysis. Overthinking eh. Ang problema dyan, there is no element of faith. You are trying to contain everything in your little brain as if the whole world depends on that little brain of yours. And you don't want to step forward and make the decision. I don't think ladies, of course there are exceptions. <laughs> if ladies, you have a boyfriend already for 10 years, and the boyfriend is not even proposing? Ladies, how would you feel? Huh? Magtitiis ka? Maghihintay ka pa? You know, so this, these are two extremes. One is you don't really pay too much attention. Here, so much thinking. The result, no movement. How come Moses, in that given situation, by the way, Moses now has three problems. The sea, the Egyptians, and the people who were complaining. But Moses was not desperate. He cried, but he was not desperate. Why? Two basic reasons. Number one, the Lord knows the problem they were going through. It was he who told us to come to this place. So if it was the Lord who brought you in a certain setting, you need to trust that he has a good intention or reason for doing so. And we will find in the story that God was not only having good intention, he was involved in the problem. Look at verse 4 of Exodus 14. Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart he will chase after them. So the change of heart of Pharaoh was not his. 
Can you imagine you are the emperor of the world and you don't even have control over your own heart? And who controls it? The Lord. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. For what purpose? Well, he will run after the Israelites, but as far as God is concerned, he said, I will be honored through this army and Pharaoh. Second, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Prior to this, there were ten plagues of Egypt, one after the other. And the last one was the death of all firstborn, uh, male, human, and animals. But still, the Egyptians may have believed it was purely accidental. But can you imagine all their men, their warriors, came after the Israelites, and no one will come back. No one will come back. I think when that happened, that will be fulfilled. The Egyptians will know that the God of the Israelites, they enslaved for 400 years, was really punishing Egypt. So when you have a problem, my suggestion is instead of questioning or blaming people, Maybe we need to seek wisdom from God and ask, Lord, how can this situation result to your glory? What can be your purpose for this? And then the second is the Lord has instructions. The Lord will not leave us wondering what to do. Look at the next verse. Moses said to the people, do not be scared. Wow. People were very frightened and now you tell them, don't be frightened. Imagine how they must have reacted. Do not be scared. And then Moses gave the instructions. Number one, stand by. Number two, see the salvation of the Lord. Number three, Keep silent. Let's look at them one by one. Stand by. You know, many people, when they are confronted by problems, they deny it. No, this is not true. Or they immediately quit. Or they give up. But Moses was telling the people, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand strong. Number two, do not only look at the problems, look at what the Lord will do about the problems. Look at the salvation of the Lord and what He will do. We are so used to looking at the world only from our limited perspective. Why don't you see the possibilities ahead? And number three, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. It's so hard for many Filipinos to keep silent because we tend to complain like the Israelites. But if you are complaining, if you are taking vengeance, how will the Lord fight for you? 
He will just allow you to fight for yourself. But Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still. And in that setting, be still, you will know that I am God. I know it's not easy to just be still, to wait for God to move, and to be silent. But you know, those are the elements of faith. And the fourth instruction, this time given by God to Moses, was stretch. As for you, Moses, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea, over the problem, and divide it. And you know what will happen? The sons of Israel shall go through. You know, they were thinking, how can we go over the sea? But no, God is saying, raise up your hand and the staff, and the Israelites shall go through the midst of the sea on dry ground. So, wala namang word na faith dyan, ha? Well, in Hebrews 11:29, when the writer looked back at the story, he wrote, By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. So these very scared people, this guy who was crying, the leader, they stood firm, they tried to see what the Lord will accomplish, they kept silent, Moses raised the staff with his hand and the Lord did wonders. And that's a definition of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things you do not see. You know, many times, businessmen have more faith than Christians. Because businessmen will invest. Businessmen will borrow money from the bank and, was, and they are willing to take risk. No wonder they get rich. But Christians move forward, backward. Forward, backward. They are like riding a rocking chair. Forward, backward, forward. And they are not reaching anywhere. The Lord has good intentions why he allow problems to come to our lives. And when the problems are right there, God is giving us instructions. But the problem is many of us are not listening to God's instructions. <coughs> you know, every morning, every morning, I have read this book since 1974. Actually, this is my fifth one. But I still read it every day because I want to hear instructions from God about my life, my family, and our church, and these days, our country. Because God has given us the word, and this word says, it is inspired by God, profitable for telling us what is right, telling us what is wrong, and how to correct the wrong and make the wrong right. But many Christians are not listening. 
It's a waste of time. But when you open your Facebook or your Instagram, how long do you spend time with Facebook or Instagram? And compare it with the length of time you listen. That's why many Christians are not prepared to overcome problems. Moses, though confronted by triple problems, decided to exercise faith. Because God does not only know the problems they were confronted with, he believed that God will solve those problems. Let's look at them one by one. So what's the problem? The sea. Look at verse 19. The angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And not only that, the pillar of cloud moving from before them stood behind them. So the angel of the Lord and the pillar of cloud will be facing the Egyptian army. So it came between the camp of the Egypt, Egyptians and the camp of Israel and there was cloud along with darkness, yet it gave light at night. So on the other side, on the Egyptian side, it was darkness. On the side of the Israelis, it was light. And the Egyptians who were running after them with chariots and horses were not able to come near to the Israelites all that night. You know, the Lord protects His people. If you open your Bible in Psalm 121, it says there, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your guard on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep your soul from all evil. He will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If the Lord is committed to be my bodyguard, why will I be scared? But many Christians are living scared-filled lives. The Lord is committed to his people. But pastor, the Israelites were fortunate. They have an angel of God and they have pillar of cloud. If you have your Bible, we are much more fortunate. Why? We have the Lord Jesus interceding for us. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. And we have the angels ministering to us. Hebrews chapter 1. The only difference is the Israelites could see the pillar of cloud. But we need to exercise seeing things by faith. The Lord protects his people. Second, he does not only protect his people, he will provide a way 
out of our problem. This case, this time, the Lord will use the wind. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord swept the sea back by strong east wind all night. Can you imagine the wind breaking the waves? The wind pushing the waves on one side and on the other side. So the waters were divided and the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on dry land. You know, how many of you have seen huge aquariums or aquaria? You know, if you, you'll be mesmerized by the living creatures that are there. You know, that evening, while they were traveling through the sea, they could see the animal creatures they're on the right and they're on the left. And they are walking on dry ground. I think uh, it was in the Ten Commandments. So the Lord provides a way. But again, Pastor, that's for the Israelite. And I am not an Israelite. Okay. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No trial has come to you but what is human. God is faithful and he will not let you be tried beyond your strength. But with the trial, he will also what? Provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. You know, when we are confronted by problems, this is our usual dialogue. Lord, bakit ako? Ang dami-dami naman dyan iba. Bakit ako pa yung nakita mo? Siguro sabi ni God, eh bakit naman hindi? Eh alam ko naman kaya mo. Sila hindi. Ikaw kaya mo. You can do it. You can bear it. Lord, bago mo nalang akong paborito, iba na lang. And uh, we are not singing this song recently, but uh, Don Moen sang this song before. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. Another writer said, if you cannot see his hand, trust his heart. Again, the issue is an issue of faith. Yes, you are trapped by your problem and there is seemingly no way out. That is from our perspective. But for God, it may be different. And what about the Egyptians? Okay, let's go to the Egyptians. The Egyptians took up the pursuit and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went after them into the midst of the sea. 
Kasi sabi nila, kung sila nakalakad sa gitna ng dagat, kami din. At the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. And he brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. And not only that, he caused their chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. So they wanted to retreat, but it was too late. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea for the second time so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots, and over their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptian in the midst of the See, no single Israeli fought that battle. And you find that in many stories in the Bible. In the story of Hezekiah, when the, when the Assyrian army was surrounding Judah, and Hezekiah had cancer, he was sick. And he prayed to God and he was crying to God. The Lord healed Hezekiah. And you know how many angels God sent? There were 185,000 Assyrians. God sent one angel and they were all wiped out. Not even one remained. Can you imagine? If you were back in Egypt, you are an Egyptian, and all the chariots left, and then including Pharaoh, and now they are waiting and waiting and waiting, and no one was coming back. But the sons of Israel walked on dry, dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. What they were scared about actually became their protection. So let's summarize. Why should we not focus on our problems, but focus on the Lord instead who solved our problems? One, because the Lord knows our problems, even before they come to us. And when problems do come, the Lord has intentions for them. You know, if I was an Israeli, and in 722 BC, the northern kingdom was destroyed by the Assyrian, I will say, why? And then after more than 100 years, in 586 BC, the Babylonians destroy the southern kingdom, burned even the temple. Maybe I will say, why? When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross and he died on the cross, maybe I will say, why? But there is no accident as far as God is concerned. 
he always has a good purpose. Even if we don't believe it is good. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord is declaring that he has a good purpose for us, not to harm us, but to prosper us, to benefit us. In Romans 8, 28, we know the Lord causes all things, all things, to work together for the good of those who love him. Why cannot we believe that statement? So that when something happens to us, our immediate reaction to God is, Why God? Don't you care? You're unfair. You know, it's good that God is not a man that he is affected by whining and grumbling. The Lord has intentions why he allows things to happen to us, even those that are seemingly evil. And when something happens, the Lord will give instructions. Stand strong. Begin to discern, see what I'm doing. By the way, if you want an exposition of this stand and see and silence, just read Habakkuk again and again, three chapters. Habakkuk was complaining. And that's where we get the word, the just shall live by faith. Are we living by faith? Or are we living by sight? Well, if you are living by faith, then you will see how the Lord will enable you to overcome that problem. The Lord will protect you. The Lord will provide a way out. And you know what? That problem, you are scared now. You may not see again. Moses said to the people of Israel, the Egyptians that you see now, you will never see again forever. Why? They will die that early morning. So we said the Lord has intentions. And we know the first one, the Lord will be honored. We know the second one, the Egyptians will know the Lord. But the end of the story is the most important, the third one. In, Acts 14, uh, in Exodus 14, 31, when Israel saw, again, the key word, saw, the great power which the Lord used against the Egyptians, what was the result? The, Lord, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord. The bonus and in his servant, Moses. But are they not all believers? Well, when, when the angel of the Lord struck Egypt, you will find out that there were 600,000 men from Israel who went out. But there were multitude who joined them who were not Israelis. 
Did they go out because they believe the Lord? No. They went out because it's freedom. We're no longer slaves. We can go out. And sometimes, many Christians are like that. We simply want to get out of our problems. So we respond to altar calls. Not because we believe in God, but because we simply need or want our problems to be overcome. But God is not contented just to help us overcome our problems. God wants us to come to the point of faith. Because many of us come to the point of believing in our minds. Sa Tagalog, paniniwala. But God wants us, the deeper one, sampalataya. So God is doing it not to hurt, to punish the Israelites, but he wanted them to come to this point where they believe in God and in his servant, Moses. I like this poster. When God takes you a different way, there's always a reason. There's always a reason. If you have opportunity to read the book of Exodus, you'll be amazed. How come God led the Israelites through the wilderness, but there is a shorter route. They can go to Israel in two weeks. The route they need to take is simply called Via Mare, the way of the sea. They just go north. But what God did was to turn them, uh, you know, eastward, south, and then northward. So sometimes you question God, has God made a mistake? The Bible says no. Because the shorter route, the Via Mare, there are Philistines there. And they are huge. They were prepared for battle. So if they pass through that route, shorter route, they may even get more scared and return back. So when God takes you a different way, there's always a reason. But never forget, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. And what is the dominion of the Lord? Who made the heaven and the earth. And you know what else? This Lord kept Israel. He does not slumber nor sleep. And he has kept Israel until today. Until today. How many Israelites are there in Israel today? 5.5 million. Do you know that there are more than there are more Filipinos in Metro Manila than in Israel. But those 5.5 million people had been withstanding warfare against 
350 million Arabs. Because when they are attacked, yes, they have arms, they have a few weapons, but they lift their eyes to the Lord who made heaven and earth. They were attacked in 1948, 1959, 1974. Every time they were attacked, their boundary extends. Let's focus our eyes on the Lord. Another story which I used already in the past is similar to this. In 2 Kings chapter eight, 6, verse 8, the king of Aram was warring against Israel, and he sent horses and chariots and great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So when the attendant of Elisha rose early and he went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots encircling the city. And the servant said to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He was panicking. Like Moses, Elisha answered, Do not fear. Why is that? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. But the servant could not see. His faith is not as strong as Elisha. So Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. So maybe when a friend of ours or a relative of ours is panicking because of a problem, stop saying this, huh? Eh kasi ikaw naman talaga eh, paulit-ulit sa problema na yun eh, napakatanga mo. Siguro, wag mo na sabihin yun, alam na niya yun eh. No? Instead, ang gawin mo na lang, ano? Halika kapatid, pagpe-pray kita. Look at the prayer, one sentence. O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may, he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he saw and, that's our key word, saw and behold. Anong nakita niya? The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. That's a title of a movie, by the way. Featuring Eric Liddell. Full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. If you were the servant, will you still be scared? So the problem is not just the army. The problem is our eyes. We need to pray, Lord, open our eyes this morning and let us see what you have in store for us. Now, why is this story being told? To emulate Moses? To emulate the Israelites? No. Stories in the Bible are being featured 
so that we can see that story in a bigger story. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, the writer said, We have a great high priest who crossed, who passed through the heavens. He came from heaven to earth, and then after he died, he came back to the heavens. His name, Jesus, the Son of God. So let us hold fast to our confession. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been, who has been tried in all things as we are, who met problems of betrayal, who met problems with abandonment, who met problems with false accusation. And yet, he did not sin. You know what the Pharisees told about Jesus? You have a demon. And then later on they said, you are a gluten and a drunkard. Because he was drinking and eating with sinners. To the Israelis until today, the, the Orthodox rabbis, Jesus was a bastard. Anak sa labas. Can you imagine Jesus having all those words being thrown at him? Yet he did not sin. He did not grumble. He did not panic. That's why this writer continued in Hebrews 4.16, Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when we have problems, when we have needs, when we are in crisis, we have a resort, we have a way out. And what is that? To come boldly, where? At the throne of grace. But I am not worthy. That's the meaning of grace. Favor given to one who is not worthy. And the promise is you will find grace to help in time of need. And then to highlight our lesson, if we are running a race while there are diversions, while there are distractions, while there are discouragements, the writer said, keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? He is the leader. He will bring you where you should be. And not only that, along the way, he will coach you. He will give you instruction how to reach that destination. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Why will he do this for me? Well, he was even willing to die a shameful death on the cross for you. And you know he will not make mistake because after he died, now he sits in the place of honor by the throne of God. So if you are connected with Jesus, you know, you can have the boldness to come to the throne of grace. 
Pero pastor, sorry ah. Hindi ko ma-appreciate yung sermon eh. Kasi talagang hindi ko makita si Jesus pag may problema ako. Ang nakikita ko yung biyanang ko, yung asawa ko, yung anak ko, yung mga hindi nagbabayad ng utang sa akin. Well, when Jesus was walking towards Jericho, there were two men who were beggars. What can they do? They were blind people. But along the way, they heard. There was commotion. They heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. So they cry out, Hey, son of David, have mercy on us. And they kept on crying out. The disciples of Jesus were stopping him. He was too noisy. He was distracting Jesus as he was ministering to the crowd. But Jesus stopped. And he asked his disciples to call the man or the men. And then he asked them, what do you want me to do for you? I am I'm glad they did not ask for money. You know what they asked? Lord, we want to regain our sight. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. And they began to use their eyes. And because they have now sight, they will no longer be beggars. When was the last time we really cry out to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me? Kasi ngayon, when we have problem, may mga doktor eh, may mga lawyers, may mga counselors, may mga banko, meron ng bumbay eh. So palaging meron tayong natatakbuhan. Pero in the long run, pag tumakbo ka sa kanila, anong pa din yung problema? Minsan lumala pa yung problema. But Jesus, the Son of God, once He touches you, once He embraces you, even death will flee. Kaya let me end with songs we are not really singing recently. <laughs> but they were songs we have been singing quite often in the past. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. David said in Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing I have asked of the Lord, which I always will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What purpose? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For David, God is not a utility person that when he has problem, this utility person will do something for him. No, for David, he is the lover of his soul. And even if the surroundings look so ugly, 
when God shows him his glory, then everything becomes beautiful. Another song we were singing in the past, Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch him and say we love him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Brad Confuci, I pray that in the days to come, maybe we need to really know how to pray. Because many times we pray the same thing. Money, health, or health and wealth. Why don't we ask God for him to unveil himself to us and let him open our eyes so that we may see his glory? Let us pray. Our God, many of us are confronted with problems, with challenges, and sometimes we get too tired. Paulit-ulit na lang yung iba. Many times, Lord, we are even confronted by our own weaknesses. And we get tired already of praying, Lord, help us. We even get disappointed with ourselves. But today, Lord, Thank you for teaching us that there is another way and that is your way that we let our eyes, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears to be open so that we see realities from your perspective, not just ours. Lord, turn our eyes upon you that we may see your beauty and your glory so that the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Lord, help us to learn how to stand firm. Teach us how to pray. Teach us, Lord, how to be silent, to wait for you silently, and when necessary, Lord, help us to exercise faith, not in ourselves, not in what we know, but faith in you and what you know. Thank you, Lord, that you are patient. Thank you that you are kind. Thank you that you hear prayers, even prayers coming from those who are undeserving. So Lord, when we are confronted by problems again, help us to focus on the solver of our problems so that people will know that the God we worship and trust is truly alive and real. 
And if there is anyone here, Lord, who is going through tough times, Lord, would you speak to that person, embrace that person, let that person know that he is loved, and that your love for that person remains no matter what. And when he calls, Lord, you will be with him in trouble, and you will rescue him and honor him. Thank you, Lord, because your word will not return empty. We know it will accomplish the purpose by which you have sent it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.